This is Katrin with Disability Rights New York. Welcome to our podcast, Empire State of Rights Closed Captioned. We are here to bring you information on the most relevant topics regarding disability rights and advocacy. Today, we welcome back Connie Avery. She was featured in DRNY's 2019 documentary short, Connie, a DRNY My Story. She's here to discuss her current work and achievements as an artist and the importance of sharing your experiences and educating the public as a self-advocate. Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to see you back. I know we've gotten to uh, talk a couple of other times throughout the years, but it's so nice to have you here uh, talking to DRNY and our audience again. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm happy to be able to, you know, talk about what's been going on the last three years. And so our uh, our audience may not all be familiar with DRNY's video. Can you tell us a little bit about the story itself and the video and how it came together? Well, um, you guys got in touch with me. Actually, I was working with Commission for the Blind, and uh, she sent me this uh, thing that you guys had out, and I decided to send an, app, uh, uh, an email and say, hey, I'm interested. Um, did not know what I was getting myself into, but um, I will say it's been wonderful. It's been um, inspirational, and it's, been, uh, it, it's gotten me out more than I have been in the last few years. So um, I started working with you guys. We did the video and uh, it, uh, it pretty much talked about my artwork and how, uh, what kind of problems I have. I was diagnosed with RP um, back. Uh, and in- Connie, can I interrupt you? And I just want to say yeah. our audience may not know what RP is. Can you let us know what that is? Yes, uh, retinitis pigmentosa is um, a vision problem. Um, it's a, a disease that uh, what happens is the rods in your eyes start to die off and your vision is like this and then it becomes like that. Um, and a lot of people, they, they go blind. Uh, I've been very fortunate because I've had it for a long time and I'm still able to see but I do notice that when I'm walking around, there's things that I don't see as well as I used to. So it's, <clears throat> it's a little bit nerve wracking and it's a, a little difficult to do things that you want to do. I stopped driving about seven to 10 years ago um, and I stopped working, but I went back to school and I got my uh, bachelor's degree in fine arts. Um, I love doing painting, pottery, and photography, but being able to get out there and do some of the things that you need to do, pottery, I couldn't afford to keep the equipment and all that kind of stuff. Uh, photography, I do on my phone. Um, and uh, But painting, you can kind of take it with you where you go. And um, so it's been really, um, it's been really, What's the word I want to say? It's been really um, helpful to me to have something to work with and something to do because, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands because I wasn't going out driving and doing this and that. So being able to paint at home was a saving grace for me, especially with COVID. You know, COVID put everything back back here. 
you know. And I will say, you know, when we talk about your artwork specifically, um, you said you weren't sure what you were getting into when when we contacted you. I remember the first time that uh, we arrived to to talk to you in person and just the sheer amount of artwork that you had in your home was amazing. I mean, uh, Grace and I were just looking at everything and, you know, from ceiling to floor. And can you tell us a little bit about your art style? I know we've talked about it before. Obviously, we talked about it in the documentary and there's mm-hmm. some beautiful pieces behind you. But talk to us a little about your art style and what inspired you um, and and where you are with some of those pieces now. Well, um, I am very, it's, it's, it's weird because I, I find myself going out in a lot of branches. But when I'm working with painting, painting kind of, you, you have the canvas in front of you when you say, what am I going to paint? Um, I don't like to be about, you know, anything like this, I like to just go with it, you know. Um, I like to be um, as expressive as possible. I think maybe the the idea that uh, my vision is so condensed or so small that I have to, I feel like I have to get it out. Um, I feel like I have to let people know what it is that, I'm, that I see. Um, so, you know, when I take pictures of flowers, I take the, the close-up of it. I take the parts of the flower. So when I'm doing my artwork, I try to just take the softness, the things that I can't, you know, the the um, the, the the lines and and just draw. And everything is sporadic. Everything is just go with the flow because. If I try to say, okay, I'm going to paint this, it doesn't work. If I say I'm going to just go with the flow, then I just do something. And you can always go back and you can fix it. So my style is basically been with mostly ink, which is really not a, yes, you can sit there and you can draw with your lines, but I don't like that. I just take the ink and I just drip it on the canvas. Then I stand back and I take a picture of it and I look at it and I see, try to see what it is that I can see from it. And and then a lot of times people always say, oh, it just comes from you. And, and, and actually they're right, because when I start to do something, I'm not, I don't have a goal. Okay, it's going to be like this. It just happens. So, you know, it's about allowing yourself to let the paint the paint come out and talk to you, um, you know, and, and and it's about taking it and just allowing yourself to be free with it so that you can actually create something that is coming from you. It's not about, oh, okay, I'm going to paint this, this like this, you know. Um, so well, yeah, and it definitely it, your artwork and the way that it presents, you can see a lot of that energy in it. And so uh, it, to your point about having the the paint talk to you, I think that's evident in a lot of your work. And we started to talk a little bit about um, in the beginning about the pandemic and what and how it really has been uh, something for you to do way more of because you were exactly. we were in a shutdown and we were home and we weren't doing anything. Talk to us about how adapting to remote working that kind of environment. How did that change? <clears throat> or did it change your approach to work 
um, as a freelance artist or as a self-employed person? Well, it was actually very beneficial because oddly enough, um, you know, not that anybody wants COVID and not anybody wants to be shut down. But I think a lot of people found that when you got shut down, you had to find different ways to do things. You had to find a way, how, how do I present myself or how do I get my work out there? How do I, you know, and, and when, you, when you're working on your art, you're, you're home, you have more time to do it. So what you end up doing is saying, okay, well, what about this? Or, you know, I can present this like this. I still had social media. You didn't have the, the people, uh, you know, right there, but you had social media. Social media was instrumental in getting me out there. I was, a, um, I was already uh, doing shows at different places, and I was also working with Chicago uh, Passionate Focus Show. Um, and they actually continued the shows, but they did them virtually. So social media was actually beneficial to a lot of people, I think, because if we didn't have social media or we didn't have uh, our, our electronics, how would we communicate with everybody? So this was, this was actually very much a big step for me. And, you know, as you said, it's certainly, um, it's not anything that anyone was um, looking forward to in any way, but you did have some significant accomplishments during this time. Um, talk to us a little bit about that, um, your solo shows, competitions, the awards that you've had, and you've had your artwork in some pretty substantial places over the last three years. So let's talk about that. I mean, really so exciting. Oh, yes. Uh, I get goosebumps every time I think about it. Um, because, you know, you, you think, oh, well, COVID has happened. Nothing's going to, you know, everything is going to shut down. Everything is not going to, nobody's going to be available for anything. Chicago uh, SecondSense.org, we're continuing to do their show, as I said. They have given me awards. They've given me, they have a patron award where they give you um, uh, a, a gift card for our supplies. Um, I got that. Um, they have sold my work, even though it's virtual, people can still see everything. And, you know, people are following you. So as long as they follow you there, then they see your work. Um, I also was with um, uh, Arise, which is in Syracuse, and they have a show every year. And uh, you're allowed to submit one painting. This past year, um, they accepted my painting and, uh, and put it on the front of the magazine, which was an honor and it was wonderful. And he did such a beautiful job of doing it. But it was seen by M&T Bank. And they actually asked permission to use mine and so, uh, six other people images to, in their financial report. Well, yeah. And we were also all paid for it. So it was just like, where in the world would I do something like this? I wouldn't be able to go to the bank and say, hey, this is this. Do you want to use it? You know, it, it, being able to get the work out there is what's in, in, you know, instrumental. Um, there's a new corporate, a new organization called artlifting.com. 
I had not even ever heard of them. They actually got in touch with me because they spoke with someone that was uh, doing art at uh, Passionate Focus in, in Chicago. When they looked at the people's work, they saw mine and sent me an email, had a Zoom meeting like a week later. We want to we want to showcase your work, you know. And so I started the process. You have to submit your work. You get that, you know, you submit the 15 paintings. They pick the ones that they want. I already have 25 paintings or up to 25 images on their website. And they actually are the ones that go to the corporations. You know, you have Google, you have the banks, you have the, all these different uh, the eye clinics. And, and so they have sold 12 of my prints so far, and they have a wall covering that I'm waiting very patiently to see at the Bank of America. Bank of America also bought a number of uh, different, uh, one thing I want to say, art lifting is not just for visual uh, disability. Art lifting is for all disabilities. And so there are about 200 uh, artists on there that have all different kinds of disabilities. So there are things available. Um, it's a matter of you know, you know, getting in touch with people or getting in touch with your uh, commission for the blind or CAB or or you know. Um, also, the other thing uh, there's Brynmore, Pennsylvania. Um, we have they have a, a show every year, and they you can submit your artwork to them. They sold my work. And I just had three more paintings accepted for this year. Um, and I also have been in touch with um, American Publisher for the Blind. And they have bought two of my paintings, have them in their, in their, in their place. <laughs> yeah, so pretty exciting. I mean, and as you said, exposure has been um, a, a lot of the driving force behind being able to do all these things. Um, and let's talk about that also in terms of being a self-advocate. You've had a lot of opportunities to speak publicly and educate the public, um, not only um, on your work as a keynote speaker, but you've done different forums and student events. Talk to us about how important it is to you, not only as an artist, but a person who is talking about disabilities, um, to have this type of platform and to be able to really talk to people about what you do and why it's so important. Yeah, um, it, it's really important because number one, I don't think people realize how many people are out there um, that are disabled in all different ways. Um, there's, there's also different communities that need to be need to know about these things, whether it's the elderly. Um, I spoke with a group of um, um, uh, people at, at senior, um, not, a, not a nursing home, but they, they all live on their own. But they all wanted to be able to do things, you know, and so I went and I spoke to them about all my mediums and they just loved it. And, and so, and I was able to actually have a, a class with them um, where we did mosaic. Um, then there was that uh, <clears throat> I spoke with the uh, teenager, <clears throat> the high school. Um, that was that was kind of interesting because you know you're talking to kids, and none of them have a disability. 
but it's important for kids to know, especially teenagers that are getting ready to graduate, it's important for them to know what is out there and that there are people out there that need help and how can they help or how can they, you know, they, they want to become artists, but they want to know, well, how do I do it? Well, if I can do it, you can do it, you know, but you just need to be able to get out there and do that. But they also need to be able to understand that there's people out there that need help and, and, and you know, they, they can learn a lot from them. Um, then this last, this just this past, uh, um, a few months ago, I had a doctor's office that had seen my, my painting because I donated a painting and a piece of pottery to um, Dark Diamond, um, which is for, um, <clears throat> for Cabby. And what they do is they have Dark Dining and they have these people wear the, they wear the, the mask over their face and they can't see a thing. And they have to sit there and try and eat their dinner. So they learn, oh, this is what it's like to eat blind. Because, you know, you don't realize that you think, well, you know, they should be able to do it. But if they can't see what it is, you know, how do you do that? And I actually went to a dark dining just to give an idea. They had chicken on the menu. And so the person I was with, I didn't have the, the, the blinds on me. She did. But she's visually, not visually impaired. So she ordered chicken. Oh, it's going to be easy to cut the chicken. The chicken had bones in it. And she goes, oh, that's not fair. I said, well, you know, what do you do? Um, so there's all these different things that are related. But they saw my painting there. And so they had a vision for them in Syracuse. And they asked if I could, if they could show my work and sell it for me. And I said, yeah, of course. And so next year, they want me to be a speaker. And then the... I'm trying to remember, um, Commission for the Blind had a their yearly their yearly um, thing, and it was about walking canes and stuff. And so they asked me to be a keynote speaker. I was supposed to actually go there, but because COVID happened, we ended up making it virtual, and that was my first experience with Zoom. And I'm like, okay. Well, now I'm a pro. Huh? Okay. But, um, you know, so there's all these different things that people can do. It's just a matter of putting yourself out there. And you guys, I have to say, you guys made me really well, a little more confident than I normally am. You know, I don't, this is, this is hard for me, but, you know, I, I'm really happy and I, I, I appreciate and I'm blessed with all the things that have been happening to me. Well, we're so excited for you. It was such a great documentary to begin with, and uh, it was so much fun to see it in all the different places that it was at. And um, and we're just so happy to be able to talk to you again and hear about all the wonderful things that you're doing. Um, and hopefully some someone else will be in our audience and decide that they want to pick up something new as well. And so before we sign off, Connie, is there anything else that you want to talk with us today or share with us about what you're doing? Um, well, I wanted to tell you guys that um, it has been really beneficial um, for me. And I still have the video and I still share it a lot. And I've had friends that I 
graduated with or sent friends that I've known that I worked with and I've sent it to them and they just were like blown away. They said that was the best video they'd ever seen. So toodles to you. Um, and um, I, I do appreciate it because it, it, as I said before, I haven't driven for almost 10 years. It's not easy. And I'm not around a whole bunch of families. So it's really not easy to just go here and go there and do what you need to do as an artist. You know, as an artist, you you need to be able to show your work. You need to be able to bring your work to wherever you're going. Um, you need to be able to uh, submit your artwork. And, you know, a lot of places they want you to bring it there. I don't drive. So how am I supposed to do this? So by having the the social media and being able to reach out to different places and and it's it's hard but it's possible and there are organizations that you can talk to whatever your problem is and if it's family member you do that for your family member and say look you know let's set you up for this um, if you go to a rise you'll find that they're all their artists are all different disabilities it's not just about visual disability. Um, and I, I'm blown away by some of the, the artwork that I have seen. If you go on artlifting.com, you will see some of the artwork and you'll find out how they do it. There's a guy on there that is in a wheelchair. He can't use his mouth. He can't use his shoulders. He can't use his arms but he can make his wheelchair go back and forth. So his tire tracks and his paint is on the back of his chair and that's how he paints. And his work is in, in, in doctor's offices and everywhere. So there's a way, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, always try whatever you can. I can't wait to see that. And we will definitely be putting that uh, information in the notes of this uh, podcast. And for anyone interested in viewing or purchasing Connie's artwork, you can visit www.averyfinearts.com. We will also put that in the notes. Connie, thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Empire State of Rights closed captioned has been brought to you by Disability Rights New York, your source for disability rights and advocacy. If you enjoyed our program, make sure to subscribe, like, and share this post. If there is a subject you would like us to discuss, please email podcast at drny.org or comment below. Tune in next Wednesday, where we'll bring you more information on disability rights in the state of New York. The closed captioned and ASL version of this podcast is available on our YouTube channel. To listen to more Empire State of Rights closed captioned, follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.